BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. That's every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check out Five Reasons YouTube an hour before every heat game. We do before floor. And right as the buzzer sounds, Royal Shepherd, Ariel, Gad, Brian, and everybody else are on, excuse me, post up 5R. So that's where you got to go to get the latest reaction. And then, of course, you can also listen to our podcast as soon as it posts. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. New article up from Brady Hawk about that debacle in Denver. He goes through it for more than just the Jokic-Morris stuff, kind of what happened in the game, uh, which I know we'll touch on a little bit here with our guests. But make sure you're always going to FiveReasonsSports.com for your free South Florida sports content. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. We mentioned these two a lot. They've got... The same code. That's why I try to pair them together. The code is five F I V E. If you're looking for daily fantasy, you go to prizepicks.com. Use that code. You're going to get a matching bonus when you sign up. This is where you can pair players from the same sport, from different sports, go up, down, higher or lower, go all in with the power play, go halfway in with a flex play. If you want to make sure maybe you'll get a little bit of your money back. You might not win as much though. Of course, if you hit everything, but you go two, three, four, five players, lots of things you can do on prize picks. We do this on our YouTube channel. We demonstrate it. So make sure you go to prizepicks.com, Use the code five for daily fantasy. And for your gambling needs, we recommend you go to betus.com. That's where you got the best live betting platform. And you've got the futures uh, bets if you want to do those, but also you can do live betting during the game. If you don't like the way a game is going, you think it's going to go a different direction, then go in there and bet it. And of course you can bet just about anything right now, except MLB. We've got NBA, we've got NHL. And of course, still the NFL, you want to make that Thursday night game between the dolphins and the Ravens. Interesting. You might want to go to BetUS.com. So code five at prize picks code five at BetUS. And now today's episode. Down to this game. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. 
Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. And for what I believe is the sixth, seventh, eighth, I don't know, 12th time, we've got George Sedano. You can follow him with one name, just like Madonna at Sedano. He's in Los Angeles. I'm actually probably going to see him this week because I'm going out to Los Angeles. I apologize to all Heat fans for this. I will be at the Clippers and the Lakers games or the Lakers and the Clippers games in that order as the Heat road trip continues. Their first game was in Denver, of course. We had a watch party. I don't know if that's why they lost, but they got hammered from the beginning. And then, of course, Morris and Jokic hammered each other. And since the, you know, the last 24 hours have been crazy on Twitter, um, we're going to react to that a little bit here with George. We've got the Morris brothers going at the Jokic brothers and vice versa, uh, waiting for the Plumleys to weigh in. Uh, it has been a bleep show, and I'm just wondering how long this is going to continue. But we're going to talk today with, with George about a lot of things around the league. We're going to start with this heat situation. Um, George, your view on what happened last night uh, between Jokic and Morris and the Heat's reaction to it. By the way, normally I would blame you for the loss with your watch party because we all know that that's like a curse and a dead giveaway. Um, but they also, as you know, historically are pretty terrible in Denver. So uh, I won't put this one solely on your shoulders. But um, look, Marcus Morris, did he was he a little extra? Sure. No, Marquise. Um, Marcus has been more extra today. I'm sorry. Yes, yes. Marquise. Is Marquise Morris a little extra on the foul? Did he throw a little elbow in there? Yes. Was he probably annoyed about what had transpired a little earlier in the game? Yes. But what Jokic did was inexcusable. Okay. And by the way, I, I also think that something that's not been discussed anywhere today um, when discussing this is the fact that Jeff Green came out yesterday in the post game and said he didn't think what Markeith did was all that bad, and he was surprised, I'm paraphrasing, about the way the Joker handled it, but, you know, their teammates, blah, blah, blah. But he kind of sort of took up for Markeith. So I, I don't understand why it, this has to be, well, I guess I do understand because we live in this tribalistic world all of a sudden where everything, everyone's got to pick a side, take a side. Um, but it's just ridiculous to me that this, that part just doesn't get discussed anywhere that his own teammate, Jokic's own teammate, he overstepped his bounds. So uh, I look, it, it, everyone who saw that saw that what Jokic did with Marquis back turned to him is not the way you should handle it, but I'll give Jokic credit for this. He's smart, man. He was remorseful at that press conference. And because of that, he's probably going to get a little lighter sentence uh, on the punishment than he would have normally gotten. Wow. So you think it was strategic? Hell yeah. Come on, man. Are you kidding? For sure it was. Like, do I think he was remorseful? Probably. But, I mean, I also think he's being smart. And I'm sure if I, if I were Denver, I would have told him that too. I would have been like, yo, just be remorseful. That way we don't miss any, you know, you don't miss any games or maybe you miss a game or two. Um, because think about it. There's not even an NBA punishment czar anymore. The person who wasn't charged, whose name for whatever reason just escaped me, um, left last year. Mm-hmm. And that position hasn't been replaced. So this is going to be an Adam Silver decision one way or another. So we know, okay, so, and then I'll let Alex weigh in on this again. So, so we know if it was LeBron, there would be no suspension at all. 
Uh, and we, we know that there's a star system in the NBA. Uh, where is Jokic? I mean, he's the reigning MVP, but he's not a, he's not a, a media, you know, draw in any way. He doesn't really have, you know, the internet, even though he's international, he doesn't have the international profile of a lot of the other players. I, I, I thought you were saying Do you think that weighs in? Uh, how, how do you think his status or lack of it or whatever plays into the, what the decision is going to be? I mean, he's the reigning MVP. So if you're going to get star treatment, this is the time to get star treatment, right? But I, I think because it, it, it looked bad, right? Like it looked bad. Like you can't, you can't not punish him in some way, shape, or form. Now, do I think he's going to get five games? Probably not. You get a game, maybe two? Probably. That, if I had to guess, that'll be the case. Um, what do you make of the Heat's reaction to it? I, I, I mean – Oh, my God. I loved it. Every second of it. Like, <laughs> like that is exactly what I think this team needs to be. But, this but, but team, do you think it was real, I have been George? Saying, I guess that I guess because some are saying, okay, Jimmy was right oh, next yeah. to Jokic and he didn't do anything, and then all of a sudden he's on the other side and he's he's going out. Well, him. he wasn't looking. Right. He was he was running the other direction. He didn't see any of it happen until it was over. Um, so I mean, again, there's video here. Like you can literally see where everybody was on the floor. The only person who saw it right in front of their face was Tyler. <laughs> right. And Tyler immediately went to go. Um, tend to Markeith. So I, I think that, you know, I, I, whatever. Dude. I, I, I think that the way they handled it, um, I loved it. I think basketball has been missing some of that. And this team is okay being villains. And they don't have a problem with it. They're a bunch of dogs, dude. Like, I, it's funny, in my group chat with Amino Hassan and Izzy and Zach Harper and Mike Bryan and a couple people, um, we talk about it. like they make fun of me because I call them a bunch of dogs. I'm like, this team is full of dogs. Um, and they are. They're just, you know, the Donis Haslam quote, right? The kennel exactly the way I would have expected. It's interesting to watch, I feel like the the fan reaction ever since all of this happened last night, late last night, admittedly, right? So everybody had kind of delayed reactions that wasn't already up. And uh Frankly, to me, NBA Twitter has kind of embarrassed themselves reacting to this because, like you said, George, you, you hinted at it. Everybody's just kind of taking sides on it. It's a little bit, you know, lacking nuance. Everything that happens, is, it's like everybody can agree that there's levels to this, right? The foul that Morris hit Jokic with was not on the same level whatsoever to what Jokic did to Marquise. And then you talk about all this stuff going on, like I said, with the fans and just the reaction where everybody's talking about oh, the Jokic brothers versus the the Morris brothers. And I don't know. To me, it's taken a lot of weird, let's just say, uh, perspectives there with NBA media and NBA fans specifically because it just feels like everybody's just kind of rooting for whoever they like. It feels a little bit too wrestling-like for me. It makes me a little bit uncomfortable, to be honest. But to me, the story of the game was Jokic before he did all that, right? He looks better than he ever has despite having just one MVP. And this is the one guy, and I didn't say this on pod last night, but this is the one guy who I secretly feel like Bam is going to continue struggling with. I feel like Bam can guard just about anybody in the league. And Jokic is the one dude just because of the size, uh, because of the fact that he has the skills to counter pretty much anything and everything you throw at him. It's just a constant mismatch for not only Bam, but just about everybody. But Bam specifically, because we know he, he doesn't have uh, that type of size to also counter with what Jokic brings to the table as just like an offensive mind. Do you think anything we saw from the game last night 
is concerning going forward for the Heat as far as uh, the half-court offense, being able to guard guys who are mismatches like Jokic, anything like that? Any long-term takeaways for the Heat? Uh, not not really, um, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, he's just a really tough guard, right? <laughs> I mean, he's big, he's slippery, he's got all sorts of crazy skills. Um, it, it's just, it's a very unique skill set that he possesses. I, I just don't know if Bam is equipped to handle him um, as athletic as he is, as sharp as he's been defensively. I just think the size part of it will always be a problem. Let's get into Bam and the start beyond just Jokic, though. And then let's talk about it in the context of the Heat start. I, I think that we all agreed on five on the floor that for this team to take a jump, it was going to be led by Bam. That, that pretty much, I mean, Jimmy's playing at a very high level, but you kind of knew what you were going to get. You didn't know exactly how Kyle would decide to fit in with this team, but you knew it would be positive. And again, we've seen, there's a track record with him for 15 years. Again, the hero thing we'll talk about here a little bit on the side. But when you look at Bam and, and kind of the ascent to a possible consensus top 10 to 15 player, uh, what is what is missing at this stage? Because I feel like we see it some nights. And then again, last night, maybe it was just Jokic, but it, it doesn't it's not there all the time. Um, You know, I, I think it's just he he. Sh- suffers from lack of aggression, I think, sometimes, right? Like, I don't know if it's just because for so long he was a role player, you know, in college particularly, and then as he's come up with this team, it feels like they're always trying to extract this aggression out of him. Um, And sometimes he shows it and sometimes he doesn't. So, I I mean, that's really the only thing I can pinpoint because they're, you know, he's got the skill set. And look, yeah, he could get better at shooting the ball and maybe even finishing. Uh, although this year he's done a nice job finishing, I feel like just without looking at the numbers. Um, but that has been a struggle at times around the rim in his career, particularly when he was younger. Um, and, you know, I think the range will come, but the aggression, that's just something he's got to do on his own, you know? Are they a legit championship contender in your view? Seven and three through the first 10 yes. games? Okay. Yes, yes, yes. They're a championship contender. The only thing I worry about them is their, is their depth. Um, I think that, you know, you get worn down over the course of a season. They're, they're like one or two players away from being like, they, they uh, you know, they're going to be like, they're one or two players away. And I mean like a role player, a couple of role players away from being um, legitimately like a top three to five title favorite in my so opinion. So you don't, you year. don't think that say Struess, Martin, some of the others on there are enough. And, and, and where does the Oladipo no. fit into it for you? I mean, look, man, the biggest predictor of future injury is past injury. So I need to see Oladipo be healthy for a long stretch of time before I feel like I can count on him. Um, in theory, yes, he's one of those type of players. Um, I still also think that they need um, – I'm not counting on him. So let, let's push him aside for a second. If, I, if, if, I, if he's not available to be him – which let's face it, nobody can make that determination at this point. Um, They need, and I'm just naming players. Okay. I'm not saying that it's this particular player, but a player like this, they need a Terrence Ross type, kind of an athletic wing. He can defend a little and certainly shoot the ball, um, but do a little more than shoot can do it off the bounce a little bit. Um, And they can use another big, another big, particularly to, you know, they've done a nice job rebounding as a group, but just another big to just help. It's always nice to have like a third guy. I feel like no uh, disrespect to Omer Yurtseven, 
Um, but just someone that they can count on that can be kind of like a, just another guy to break glass in case of emergency. I would feel good if they had that. So George, I'm interested in hearing what you think is, uh, you were talking about Bam, and I think what we've all seen over these past couple of seasons as he's grown is that a lot of the stuff for him regarding his, not only his growth all around with his game, that we know he's kind of like an A- minus and a lot of other stuff, A+, plus when it comes to defense. It feels like we've been asking for the aggression stuff for a long time. It's been a conversation for the past two seasons, and we've seen the gradual steps he's taken, and it feels like that's what's happened again this season where he started off really just – uh, bombing away from mid-range it's kind of gone down a little bit just the, the shot attempts not by you know nothing too significant but bam when they're running a motion offense and there's kind of four guys involved when you're when you're including Tyler or even including Duncan just for how involved he is in the offense bam is one who tends to maybe defer just a little bit right it's kind of in his personality like we've talked about in the past he's never been the the guy that a team runs their offense around and he's kind of growing into that role. We've seen him become a more aggressive scorer this season. And I don't know. To me, I'm a little bit less worried about that part because their offensive rating has been so high despite their lack of three-point shooting, uh, you know, hitting at a high rate. It feels like a lot of things at their, are peaking early on despite – uh, despite the fact that we're still expecting a lot more from some of these guys. How are you feeling about the Heat overall, not just from a championship point of view, but just from a basketball point of view, having addressed their holes this summer? What are they missing from what, from what they have right now in their rotation? Well, I mean, I just said it. I just told you, a Terrence Ross type. And I, told no, but you, I, don't, uh, mean, I don't mean a personnel-wise. I mean uh, just on the court for what they have right now. Uh, how do you feel basketball-wise about the team? Like, is there anything specifically on? Because we know they they've gotten a lot better with the rebounding. We know they've well, got they it back. Shoot right now. Okay. I mean, they're, they're struggling shooting the ball. I mean, I think that will eventually come around. Like, I'm not I'm not like worried about their shooting. If that's what you're asking me, like Kyle was a forty percent three point shooter <laughs> last year or whatever it was. Um, you know, Duncan Robinson, forty percent three point shooter. Like, I think that stuff will come around. I'm not worried about that in the least, but that that's clearly the thing that I think has hampered them a little bit. Despite that, they were still going into yesterday's game. If I recall correctly, number two or three in offensive rating or something like that. So um, they, they've been really good. Like I don't have a lot to nitpick other than I think their depth is a little suspect. Um, I don't think I trust Max Struess um, and Caleb Martin um, enough where I'm like, yeah, you know, in a playoff situation, they can go more than than six or seven deep or whatever it is that they have, seven deep, I guess. Um, you know, and, and look, historically, you don't, you don't always need that. But I feel like as we've gone on here over the last, you know, decade or so, the more depth you have, I think you certainly, it's certainly better. Um, so I, um, I, I really feel like, it's really just that. It's just shooting. Everything else has been kind of there. Their ball movement is great. Their pace has been fantastic. Their defense has been really good outside of yesterday. Um, I, I just think that their shooting needs to come around a little bit, and I, I'd like to see them plug some holes from a roster perspective, as I mentioned. You know, We're going to get to some other things here around the NBA in a second. Uh, before we do, I want to tell you about another sponsor, the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that's our friends over at CPT of South Florida. Go to CPT-Florida. This is where you go to get all of your IT needs met. So whether you run a business or you just want to uh, make friends with a boss, 
reach out to TJ. That's TJ at cpt-florida.com. Been helping small and medium businesses save money on their monthly phone and internet costs for years, and they can do the same for you. With the cloud phone system, you can work from anywhere on any device. For a free in-person consultation, you got to call TJ at 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766. Free phones. That's what you get. 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones, and the first two months of service free. That's if you mention five reasons. So go to cpt-florida.com. Again, 954 966 Two seven six six. All right, we're going to try to go rapid fire with you here on a number of NBA topics. Uh, let's start. I just got to. I got to let you weigh in here because you you have become. Uh, it's interesting, sort of the Sixers foil to Heat Twitter, uh, and yet we were kind of which laughing. I, which, at the, I, which, I, know, I know. I know you're going to challenge I, me on that, but we were kind of laughing at the Sixers before the season, right? You know, everything that was deals. going on, and they're a top three team in the East to start. How? is really damn good right like let's start with that um he probably would have been the mvp had he not gotten hurt last year um and look they've done a nice job with their their talent right and their roster um you know tyrese maxi was a kid that i was around during the draft and during his draft process i spent some time with him um because him and anthony edwards who was the number one overall pick had a um you know, they, they share an agent in common in Rich Paul. So I did a feature last year uh, about Anthony Edwards for the draft or now two years ago, whatever it was. But um, and Tyrese Maxey was there working out with him all the time. And I got a chance to know the young man. And I actually put him in the feature because I felt like he was that interesting and that compelling. And I felt like whoever got him was going to get a good player. I, I thought the Heat were going to try to get him personally. Um, but it was Philadelphia who ended up, ended up getting him. And if you just look at their roster, like Tobias is a good player. Like if you, you know, if you have Tobias on your team, like he's going to fill up the stat sheet, right? Like you don't think so? Like, I, I mean, I think so. Um, I know he's been a little dinged up this year, but he he's a good player. And um, I'm trying to think what he has. He's like a 50, you know, this year's like, I know it's only nine games or whatever it's been, or I think he's only played like five or six, but he's like 20 points a game, which is generally what he gives you. Um, he's like f- over 50% shooting and like, he, you know, he defends enough, um, but he's like a decent wing option. <laughs> like I, you know, actually I shouldn't disrespect him. He's not a decent wing, wing option. He's a good wing option. He's not a great wing option. And people always factor in the contract when they talk about that stuff, but from a fit perspective, he works perfectly with Joel and they've gotten shooting. Right. I think this year, uh, Cork Maz, you know, who was a guy they've developed for the last couple of years has done a nice job. Uh, Danny Green is shooting the ball really well to this point. I mean, even Embiid is shooting the ball really well from distance. Seth Curry obviously is fantastic. And Maxi is about... This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited... How would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, 
Wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. A 37% three-point guy. So the guys around Embiid are defending their asses off, and they're shooting the ball really well. So that's how they're doing it. And, and honestly, you know, I, I'm really not surprised that they're a top four team. I mean, they, you know, arguably the best team in the East, you know, I guess, I don't know what the standings look like right now after they lost to the Knicks, but um, I, I do think they have a tough stretch here without Embiid perhaps up to 10 days. So they're going to fall down the pack a little bit, but they're going to be right in that top four mix the whole season, I think, because even without Ben, they've got players who will defend and shoot the ball well. So, George, I actually agree with you on pretty much everything you said there. I think there's no doubt about it that the Sixers are great, absolutely great regular season proposition. But just like we always talk about with the Sixers and not to just, you know, fast forward too much, but this is what we're doing when we're trying to cover a lot of different bases here and we're getting to the end of the show. The Sixers are something that's still to be questioned in the playoffs. And although I don't disagree with you, like Maxi, they're getting a lot of good production out of him. Their shooting has been really damn good without Simmons there. They haven't really missed him too much. Even though their defensive rating hasn't been elite, it's still pretty good. Their offensive rating has actually been very, very good. It's actually elite right now. So I'm even with some regression, they seem like a great regular season proposition. But in the playoffs, Tobias Harris, we've seen that regression where he goes from a good wing option to maybe one that's just never consistently efficient. They seem to lack a lot of plays in the half court other than just getting the ball through and beat and making something happen from there, finding shooters or him getting to the line, which obviously is a great, you know, is something that they can rely on a lot. It feels like there's something missing still for the Sixers. And with that, I just want yeah, to... I, but I, I would push back a little would bit Would you still that. rather be the Sixers, George? I, no, no, I'm pushing back on the Tobias thing. Tobias shot 50% from the field um, in the series against Washington and then um, and shot 48% from the field against Atlanta in a seven-game series and shot, I think, 37 combined in the postseason last year from three. So, yeah, I, I would push back on that. They lost last year because Atlanta shot the lights out in that series. And Ben Simmons had terrible series. <laughs> That's just it. That's Wasn't what it came down Simmons to. I, I mean, no, 
not a hundred percent, but it, but when you're talking about razor thin margins, Alex, and that's what we're talking about in a seven game series, you, that you're one of your stars having a bad series is going to probably cost sure. you a series for sure. And 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 Why I don't it look like when, when Jimmy Butler and everybody imploded against Milwaukee, they couldn't even win a damn game. Like, of course, that's going to happen if you're if one of your guys isn't playing well. Well, we're going to compare those two. We could talk about context, but specifically back to the Sixers. Yeah, I just want to ask you. Wait, this. well, go ahead. Let's talk about context. No, no, no. Let's talk because I don't want to I don't want to go away from the point that I was going to ask you here was just specifically about last season versus the Hawks in that conference finals. You subtract Simmons. And you get pretty much the roster that they have right now. Do the Sixers win in that scenario? No Simmons in that in that series. If they're facing this Hawks team that started the season, no. yes. I think just go in a time machine back to last season, back to those I don't playoffs. Know, man. I mean, come on, that's a, Alex. No offense, that's a ridiculous question. Like, I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, how am I supposed to answer that? Like, I'm just are you saying, like. That? Because we're talking about the Hawks, right? So I want to know, do you think they beat the Hawks without Simmons? Is it just a Simmons? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have an answer yeah, I'm, for I'm you. Just like, I'm not trying to... I'm question, not try, I, I, no, that's not a hard question. It's an unanswerable question. Like, that's what you're doing. You're asking me a question that no one will have the answer to. Like, so I don't know what you want me to tell you. You have the answer like, to, would you rather be the Sixers? I don't know the answer to that right now. Like, <laughs> let, let me tell you, let me, let me let the season play out some, but the... I just wanted to see if you were going to plant your flag in any specific way, because I know no, you're, you're, I, you're a crafty no, I, I'm not. A, listen, all I'm telling you is this. To see how this all develops. Right now, I think the Heat are in the. I mean, they're they're in the driver's seat right now in the Eastern Conference, in my opinion. But will that be the case? I don't know. We're ten games in. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk after. I mean, 20, would you 30, say they're in? Uh, well, well let, that that allows us to pivot here a little bit because. to play the so, hits. In. So, so the question is, I mean, you say they're in the driver's seat. Okay. So here's what kind of the through 10 games. Yeah. Through 10 games. No, I get it. But, but like the, con the conventional wisdom sort of outside of South Florida and people who know this team may be this. Okay. Milwaukee hasn't been fully healthy. Um, and the nets obviously don't have Kyrie and they're adjusting. I don't know how well James Harden is actually trying to adjust, but they're adjusting to the rule changes that seem to have affected him more than anybody else. Cause he's totally out of shape and now seems to have no bag. Um, and, and he's let the officials get into his head. So I, I would ask you this, and, and then we're going to go out West because, uh, I'm heading out West and I'm going to see you, uh, out there. Um, when you take a look at, at the, at the heat against those two teams as currently constructed. Okay. Let's assume no Kyrie, because we just don't know if the laws are going to change in New York or anything like that. Uh, and let's assume that, because it doesn't seem like he's going to change his mind. And then let's just, let's assume that Milwaukee gets healthy, right? Which, you know, they don't have anything that looks like a long-term injury. You, you believe they can compete with those two teams in, in a playoff setting right now? Um, yes, 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 I do believe that. Um, I think Milwaukee um, is – I think Milwaukee is actually deeper than they were last year. Um, and I know that's hard to see right now because Middleton's out and Holiday just came back, basically. Um, but here's why I think the Heat have an edge on the Bucks. I I can't envision. A, and and again, I understand that you know Holiday is is a really good player. Okay, so I am not trying to take anything away from him, but he shot fifty percent mm. last year in almost 60 games 
and and, and almost 40 um, from three. Um, I understand Giannis and Middleton are going to get you open looks. I just don't think that is sustainable. Now, granted, through four games this season, he is shooting just that. So maybe I'm going to be wrong um, from an offensive perspective. But I, I think that is – there's gonna, I think if I had to guess, there's going to be some regression there. And that regression is enough for Miami, I think, to get by them. But I don't think it's an easy series by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it's as easy as we saw in the bubble in mm. Miami. And I certainly don't think it's as easy as we saw against Milwaukee. Um, but I, I do think that Milwaukee is the tougher opponent. I just think that Kyrie comes back, all bets are off. But it, we're talking about his currently constituted. That was your phrase. Yes. I, yes. I just I, I just don't love anyone on Brooklyn right now beyond Kevin Durant, to be honest with you. I, I mean, their bigs are not like grimy, grinded out bigs, which you need in the playoffs. I'm not saying you can't have skilled guys because you need skilled guys, too. But I just don't feel like their bigs are worth trusting. In, in honest, in, in retrospect, I'm curious, what did they trade for Jared Allen? What, they, well, no, what do you mean, what did they trade for Jared? I mean, Jared Allen was part of the Harden trade. Oh, that's what it, Oh, that's right. He was part of the Harden trade. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Because um, I don't I don't even remember off the top of my head. Um, but, man, could you imagine if they had that guy on their team now? Well, they had to, they had to give up somebody. <laughs> right? I, 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 I get it. But I'm saying if they had – they don't have that kind of player. Right. No, I get it. Uh, no, Nick, I, I, Nick Claxton? Nick, I no, mean, no, they I, don't. No they, no, no, they don't. I mean, they've got basically three guys who were all-stars who were not used to being role players, right? And Aldridge and, and Griffin, and now and, and now the third is escaping me. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I just don't love their Millsap. roster makeup. Yeah, Millsap, right, exactly. Yeah. Right, I mean, that's they don't have guys who've typically been kind of, you know, dirty work type players. I think that's what you're getting to, and I think that's why yes. the Heat bludgeoned them on the boards is they need that type of guy who's not accustomed to having to get his shots to get to get into the flow. Um, but let, now, let's go. Now, yeah. But if Harden get if Harden gets right, then I think that that changes the equation. So yeah, you know what I'm saying? Right? But, See, my question is, what has to happen for him to get right? He has to get his to get head right. Shape. He has to get in shape. The officials have to change what they're doing because he's, I mean, it no, was terrible. That quick first step again. Like he he hasn't showed it, and he's down. For, besides the rules, he's down three or four free throw attempts as a result. Like he's just not getting by, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That like, Alex has nailed it. He is not getting by, guys. Um, and, and I think that he just needs to. You know, last year when there was a stretch in the regular season before the hamstring injury where he was doing everything. Like, he was a great point guard for them. He was rebounding the ball at a pretty good rate. Um, I, I, he needs to just get back to that. Like, I don't know how he gets back to that because the calls are not changing. Um, I was on a conference call with Monty McCutcheon before the season started, and they showed me all these rules before they started implementing them. And I was like, immediately I thought of not only just James Harden, I thought of Trey Young too, who, by the way, has, if I recall correctly, and again, I haven't looked at the numbers today, his free throw numbers are down a little bit, if, if I had to guess. Um, so, like, that's not changing. That This is the way it's going to be officiated. Um, and we can get into a whole different conversation about officials because I have a lot of, a lot of things I could say about that, too. Um, some positive, some negative. Um, but I think if Harden can get right, that changes the equation. I just don't, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect from him. I don't think anyone knows what to expect from him right now. So, Milwaukee is the team they're going to have to deal with unless – Philly makes that deal that Shams is talking about to get Jalen Brown. And then all of a sudden, Philly, you know, 
Jalen Brown changes the equation as well. So, mm-hmm. man, there's so many factors, and uh, that's why I'm really enjoying the season so far. But besides the rule changes, which I'm also leaning towards, just keeping and everything. Obviously, the NBA is still leaning towards keeping that as well. That's not uh, up for change, but. I agree with you about the Bucks matchup. I think they're still going to be the tougher one just because of the size and defense that they offer at every position. Uh, I'm not huge on their depth, but I do think, you know, George Hill, Grayson Allen, those guys were pretty value adds considering what they did have to offer, uh, even though they lost PJ. Um, to me, the whole thing with the Nets is like, if they don't get Kyrie back, like you said, if Harden isn't back into that role of being a point guard and he's struggling to get by guys, I don't think they're that scary because on defense, like you guys were talking about, they have so many guys you could pick on, right? And I wanted to kind of use that as a segue and into talk, talking about the Lakers. I know you're probably sick and tired of talking about them. I know you're over there in L.A. and it's it's gotten enough already, even though the season just started. But I think it's a relevant point what we're talking about with the Nets, but to even higher uh, degree when it comes to the Lakers, right? I think you look at their team all around LeBron and AD, and it's just a bunch of food for other teams when they're playing against them, right? I think all of those guys, for the most part, are subpar defenders outside of Ariza, who's going to be gone for weeks. Who knows how he looks when he comes back? Uh, Everybody else is kind of suspect on defense, other than maybe Kent Bazemore. I think uh, when you look at it from the guards, the forwards, the centers, it feels like it's a little bit too much for LeBron and AD to cover up on the defensive end. And I felt like this is a comparison to, to make with the past couple of Heat teams, right? Jimmy and Bam having to cover up a lot of ground on defense. And we saw the limitations of that. And I feel like in the NBA, we, it's just kind of you need to have offensive and defensive versatility. It's an obvious thing to say. But I just don't see it for the Lakers, right? And it's not just about Russell Westbrook and his fit with those guys. It's like if anybody is going to win with Russell Westbrook, it's LeBron. But besides that offensive fit, that defense is extremely suspect at worst. How, do, you, do you think this Lakers team is one that can overcome all of that? Uh, not as currently constituted. Um, I think I'm with you on their defense, although I do think Taylor Horton Tucker helps them defensively in a pretty big way. Um, but not big enough where it's going to change the landscape, uh, on that side of the ball. It helps them some with particularly certain lineups, um, because they don't have a wing, you know, right now, like without Horton Tucker and Ariza, you know, available. They don't have anybody that can guard wings uh, outside of LeBron. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I, I think he helps. Um, and he's got young legs, right? I think that helps. His wingspan is pretty incredible. He's only six four, but his wingspan is like seven foot and change. Like he's a really good prospect for them. Um, and you know, look, you saw Reza last year. He has moments still. Like I don't think I think he's certainly capable. But again, I don't think that's tipping the scales. I think that this roster needs a different makeover. Um, they swung a certain way, and now they're going to have to realize quickly who they need to keep, who they need to deal um, to be able to garner the players that they need. This reminds me a lot of like LeBron in 2018 with the Cavs when D. Wade ended up back with Miami, mm. and they traded like half the roster basically mm. at the deadline, which included Dwayne back to Miami. That's a great comparison. Um, I think that's what this roster is going to look like. I think that if I'm Rob Palenka and and LeBron and these guys, I'm looking at who's somebody that has value that can get get us back um, a player or players that will help us get back on course to winning a championship because their defense is not good enough. Um, And yes, I think could anyone make, if anyone's going to make LeBron work, excuse me, if anyone's going to make Russ work, it's LeBron. 
but like there's just too many holes on the team. Like you have the rust situation on offense, which is messy. And then you have the defense. Like you can't have both is my point. Would you bring Russ off the bench? I would, but I don't see that happening. I would. Yes. But yes, if you're asking me, yes, I would absolutely do that. Um, I I would also um, not play him with a big along with AD. I would just play – I mean, look, Anthony Davis started the five a couple games ago, and I just thought that was the way they were going to go. Do I think them starting a center for a cursory few minutes is the biggest problem they have? No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I just think that Anthony Davis needs to play the majority of those minutes at the five. Um, when he does that, defensive uh, rating goes up. Um, he's George, one of the better the defenders in sport. Is it that Vogel doesn't want to do it or he doesn't want to do it? No. No, no, this goes way back. Okay, so I'm going to give you a quick story. Mm -hmm. I'll never forget the first, uh, one of the first times I did an Anthony Davis game was when he was in New Orleans. And Alvin Gentry was the head coach. And I asked him, we, so we do these meetings, right, with these coaches before games. We sit with them for like 15 minutes, no cameras, just us. For context, um, some of the stuff we can use on the air, other stuff is just off the record, just for context. Um, and I remember having this conversation with Alvin, and I said to him, hey, Alvin, why is it that you guys announced Nikola Miritich at center and AD at the four <laughs> when you're doing these games? And he starts laughing, like, just, oh, you know, it's just AD. You know, he doesn't like to be a center, call the center, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So there's this, like, mental thing with him that he doesn't like to be a center. Well, but Tim Duncan I think didn't that... like it either, right? I mean, Tim Duncan didn't, I mean, Correct. Re- right. When, when really he alone. was playing center after Robinson. I mean, most of the time anyway. I mean, Tiago Splitter the, the, and some others. The, but... the, this, most of the second half of Tim Duncan's career, he played center. Yes, you're right. Um, and the same thing with Anthony Davis, by the way. Last year before his injury, if I recall the number correctly, it was like 60% of the minutes he was playing at center. <laughs> so, like, I don't, even, I don't get it. It is what it is. Um, but I felt like they had turned a corner. Um, recently when he started that game, uh, at center a couple games ago, but then they played Deandre Jordan yesterday, (laughs) you know, so I, I I don't know, but it's not on Frank. Like if I had to guess, um, Frank will like, like any good coach, right? Like in any like coach worth his weight, um, he's going to take up for his guys, right? Like he's going to put it on himself and say, I made this decision, blah, blah, blah. And you know, like, you know, when it's not and when it is, um, but here already talking about frank getting fired i'm like fired like he didn't put this roster together like what are we talking about here like this is crazy um but that's the thing with him Ethan. it's just been it's been a thing forever and i think little by little they're kind of pulling him out of it but it's a lot of work on that end i think all right, got to let you go here, but the, the Heat are playing more than one game out there. They're playing the Clippers on the second night of a back-to-back, so they'll be in, in Los Angeles uh, actually for two nights and, and, and play two games. Uh, the Clippers without Kawhi are what? Playing team? Yeah, like six to ten range. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, I think at the end of the season, right now, they're balling out. They've won four in a row, right. and Paul George looks great as the Western Conference player of the week. Um, you know, remember they don't have Marcus Morris senior either. Um, you know, shout out to the Morris twins as where we started. Um, he's a big part of what they do. He shot what 45% from three last year. So they're dangerous though. Like if, if Morris comes back and, and Kawhi definitely comes back, like, I, man, that that's a dark horse championship team again. 
George Sedano, you can. Oh, sorry. Alex, you wanted to jump in? I'm sorry. Go ahead, Alex. Ask me one more Go question ahead. that I don't, that I won't have the answer to. Go ahead. Oh man, you got to have the answer because I'm putting you on the spot right here. As of 10 games in or whatever, we're in through the season, understanding we still have a lot to go, right? I, I want to get over all that minutia. If you had to pick a championship team right now, who are you going with? Warriors is my finals. It would be like today? Yeah. It's just, I'm just looking at 10 games. If I'm looking at 10 games, the matchup in the finals is Heat and Warriors. So you think the Heat and the Warriors beat all the other teams to get to the finals? That's the implication here, right? If if they stay on the tra- on the trajectory they're on at the moment, yes. Okay. Okay. I mean, again, a lot of things can happen over seventy games. So you but, wouldn't rather be the Sixers. I just wanted to make sure. Um, I, I don't know, but I could I and we can revisit it in twenty and thirty and forty and see where I'm at. It could be Milwaukee that I'd rather. I can't be. wait. You know, I'm going to be here every time. <laughs> I know. All I right know. that that's the end of this. I'll see you out in Los Angeles, George. Appreciate it. I feel like Alex just wanted to come on and grill you about the Sixers take for 60 minutes, but uh, that's I would be right. But, but, but here's the thing. Every time you bring me on, the Sixers are playing really well. And right. then, you know, like, you know, you that's have to why I love it. Cause really then every well. time you could just look back on it. And it's like, wow, look where we were. Look where the Sixers are every time, you know, the next time they lose to whatever the, 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 this first, this year's version of the Hawks is maybe it's the Hornets or something. I mean, you guys talk a lot for a team that hasn't won anything since LeBron left is all I would say. Oh, wow. Oh, I mean, see? at least they got to the finals. And I, and I, I, uh, right. Because that's what Pat Riley wants. He wants to he wants to just get to the final. You guys, here's the thing. We're going to end it on this. Because you young little whippersnappers, okay? You guys, you little punks, you don't know shit about Pat Riley and wanting to win a championship. You think they just getting to the final? That mother bleeper Neither does Daryl Morey. That, that mother bleeper would rather – they all want to win a championship, Alex, is the point, is that if you don't hoist the trophy at the end, there's 29 other teams that are furious. Well, maybe not 29 because there's probably a bunch that have, realize they have no shot. But that's the reality of this. So getting to the finals was cute, but it's not what Pat Riley wanted. It's not what this team is about. And if you're going to hoist that up as some sort of benchmark, then this fan base is lost and you're the one leading it. How about that for an ending? <laughs> Well, if that's cute, then what are the Sixers losing in the second round every year? It's cute too, because it doesn't it isn't hoisting the trophy, and that's what it that's what matters is hoisting the trophy. And that's the way to end it. You can follow him at Sedano on Twitter. You can follow Alex Toledo going back. I, you, and I mean, listen, no, no, hold on, I'm not done yet. You mother bleepers make make it so hard for me to root for the team that I actually like because you're such. You planted the flag, George. I'm just trying to hold you accountable. I, I planted the flag in 2017 when Deion Waiters was your best player, <laughs> if we're going to be honest with each other. Shout out to Miami Heat beat, man. This, I'm glad this is still going on because this is something that we're always going to go back and forth with you about. Those guys still have a podcast? And that's it. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at bet mgm 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.